Ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you very much for your attention, and now we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to our top travel destinations. I am your host, Kevin Flanagan. I have been editor of the weekly travel news column in the Sunday Independent and the Fine Wine and Food Guide. And I am here to use my decades of experience to help you know exactly where to stay, eat, drink, shop and explore when visiting the world's top travel destinations. So sit back and enjoy the wonders of travel as we take off on our magical journey together. Never do this when in Saigon. Yes, this is Kevin's weekly travel story. Time for me to reflect and share some of the extraordinary things that happen when you are a travel journalist and podcaster. I do share this in the hope that my adventures will inspire you to create your own adventures because I do believe at the base of it that travel has the power to actually change lives and enrich lives. This adventure happened on the other side of the world from where I live in Dublin. It happened in the incredible city of Saigon. I'd gone there on a sort of a pilgrimage, a mission to lay to rest some of the ghosts of my youth. I, of course, was a child of the 60s. I was brought up on a diet of the Vietnam War, fed to us every night on the local news. The great names like the Tet Offensive and Khaesan, Da Nang, the Milai Massacre, these all haunted my youth. They formed me into the person I was, which was part of the anti-war movement. And this really was a place that was partly responsible for bringing about in 1968, the Summer of Love, where there was revolution and anti-war in the air. All because America tried to trounce on one of the poorest countries in the world at the time, the richest most powerful military force took on peasants who only had spades, AK-47s and the will to be independent. That's basically it. So I went to Saigon, I went to the tunnels and you can hear all of my adventures on the separate podcast about Saigon. But here is my special story, a moment I'm never going to forget, a moment that actually sends shivers up my spine. Even though you should probably never do this when you go to Saigon, I did. I'm going to tell the tale. So the most important person was Mai. Mai was this wonderful young lady who'd been our tour guide to the tunnels during the day. We finished a long day's touring of all of the war sites and going underground into this vast underground network of tunnels and hospitals. and uh, It was draining. But anyway, I got a call at 7.30 when I was about to have a bit of shot eye. Come down immediately. I'm going to take you to that place you always wanted to go. Well, I obeyed. I'm a travel writer. I have to follow any leads. I went down. May was there. She had... A helmet in her hand and she said onto the bike now first things first getting onto a bike or a scooter in Saigon is like diving into a herd of, of thundering wildebeest it's terrifying I said what what are you going to do she said well you know all of those things you were so interested in the evacuation of Saigon from the Americans in 1975 them clambering over the gate and them iconically looking to take the last helicopter out, some people holding on to the actual substructure of helicopters as they took off, falling to their deaths. You know, as the communists won the war and started to 
circle Saigon. The Americans had to leave and they had so many people who'd worked with them over the 20 years of the war. So many Vietnamese who were now terrified that if they fell into the hands of the Viet Cong, the North Vietnamese victors, their lives would not be worth salt. Uh, so they were desperately trying to get out. And you have these iconic pictures on the news every night. The masses of the collaborators as the North Vietnamese would call them, trying to get into the American embassy, screaming at the guards, you promised a safe passage. And of course, America let them down largely because of the circumstances of their exit from Vietnam. And you have this iconic picture of one of the American choppers on this building, this nondescript building, and a whole line of people with their pathetic bags and their little possessions, women and children and men trying to get onto this chopper. I'm going to put this in the fact sheet that will go with this so you can actually have a look at some of these iconic images that really shocked the world and, and turned the world to a sort of a, well, we can't go around invading people. Now, that hasn't changed, as we know from subsequent history, but this was an incredible moment. And May said to me, I'm going to take you to the building where the last American helicopter left, giving that iconic photo. Well, I couldn't resist. Okay, let's go. Firstly, we had to negotiate the scooter ride. I decided to go to a place of peace, because otherwise, if I'd have grabbed her shoulders any harder, being on the bike of her little scooter, I think her arms would have come out of their sockets. I had to let go of the terror and just go with the flow. We got to this nondescript building in time, a sort of a, a car park, a normal series of office block buildings. It looked old, it looked a bit decrepit. There was two people, a husband and wife, Saigon people. Mai had a chat with him. I think some money was exchanged and we were on our own. He let us go. We locked the bike, left it there, pressed the button on this escalator and up we went. Now, I was starting to get excited. And I said to me, mate, this doesn't seem like a proper place. What, what, what's going on here? She said, just wait and see. The lift door opened. We went out and there was a sort of derelict bar. It looked really down at the heel. There's nothing like a, you know, an old bar that's been left. The signs of jollity and life are completely covered in cobwebs. She said, OK, now we have to go higher. There was a set of steps on our right and up we walked we got to the top and she took out her phone and she said now look at that facing us was the top of a small building and she showed me the picture which is on the accompanying fact sheet of the people scrambling to get out of the last u.s marine chopper leaving saigon they ain't all going to get onto it. Only a handful would. What happened to the rest? No one really knows. But there it was, right above us, 20 metres high above us, was that iconic spot. All around us was Saigon. I started to get prickles on the back of my neck. I said, why, why does nobody know about this place? This is so iconic. May just shrugged her shoulders and said, well, well, nobody seems to care, but you're here, so let's enjoy it. So I said, well, I have to get up on the roof. She said, what? I said, I have to get up on the roof. 
we walked around and there, believe it or not, and our picture will be on this fact sheet, was this ladder. It went up, I'd say, 15 meters. It was a steel ladder. It was not secure. We were way up above the city at this stage. There was a breeze. Nobody knew we were there apart from the guy downstairs. Nobody really had given us permission to be there. But we were at this iconic spot. And I thought, oh, I don't like heights, but I have to do this. In a, in a weird way, and I don't want to sound sort of sentimental, but the, the very fact that I'd spent the afternoon going down the tunnels and not being able to go too far into them, seeing how the Viet Cong had overcome impossible odds to live underground and fight the Americans, I, I took a bit of courage from that, and I just placed one foot on the ladder. It's a very big ladder. And then the next one. And Mike said, you've got to be careful, Kevin. You've got to be careful. You, that's not secure. And I just kept going. I don't know how I did it. And suddenly get this sense. I'm, I'm near the top and the ladder moves a bit and a gust of wind blows. You can hear the horns of traffic. You can hear an ambulance with beba beba, maybe coming to pick up my remains if I didn't quite make it to the top. I don't know. And the city spread out, humming, alive like a beast, like a, a dormant beast below me. And then I knew I had to go the final mile. I don't know how I did it. I just blanked my mind. I put two more steps, three more steps, four more steps, and I'd reached the top. And there was the roof where the helicopter had landed. Oh, my God. Even now I get the shivers. No one knew about this place. It's not on any tourist map. It's not on any of the things that, that people go and see as part of the history of Vietnam. And yet this was the iconic moment, the last U.S person to be in Vietnam left from here with a few of the people who had helped his government, the so-called collaborators that they'd be termed later. And I was there. I looked over. I could see it. And then a mad thought came to me. The ladder was swaying underneath me. Stand on the roof. I think this is probably the most challenging thing that I'd faced in a very long time. But I followed my little voice. I got two steps up. I put my hands on the roof and sort of pushed myself on and stood. The photo's there to prove it. And I felt this sort of elation. I, I, I couldn't actually believe I'd done it. I called out, May, May, I'm up here, I'm up here. It, it, the, the fact that I was literally like stepping through a window, a quantum window, going back to this past but nobody knew about this place and I was there on my own it was it it, it even now it it, it 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 sends shivers through me to think of that 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 moment it was so personal so intimate and yet so sort of global connecting it to this iconic moment when America had literally been beaten and ran out of the place I stood there I even stood fully up uh, brace myself for any gust of wind that could blow me over because we are very high at this stage. May came and joined me. And, and, and she was a bit sort of like taken aback that I'd sort of done this and got up. And I said, OK, let's take a photo. This is the moment. And for a moment, I just stood and I just cleared myself and I just channeled. I thought, this is the specialness of travel. This is the specialness where you can actually, you know, reach almost like a quantum window where you can you know time and space sort of disappear and you're back with this 
iconic moment that I remember as a 15 or 16 year old uh, that, that, that had such a big impact on me and my generation. And I'm there in Saigon on this crazy roof doing this crazy thing. How wonderful is that? Well, to finish off the story, May went down the ladder. She was now a bit freaked out. Uh, and, 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 and I suddenly had this sort of a, I had this panic moment when she disappeared down because I had to somehow negotiate getting onto the ladder without falling, you know, to my death. And and part of me was refusing, you know, when you get that sort of stage fright. But I have been on stage and I'm, I'm a come to, and I just went to that zone, that uh, uh, Nate Zender zone of don't think, just do. I took a breath. I walked over, got down on my hands and knees and went down. No problem. Went down and got, looked once finally up at where the cops would have been. And I just imagined those people clambering just where I had been. Ah, it was, it was, it was moving. And finally, myself and May gathered. We said, OK, let's just, mem let's just make a memory for the people here. What it was like. And we stood there for a moment, almost as witness to what it had been like to have been one of those Vietnamese people who had worked for the U.S. government. They had their family. They have their little white ticket uh, guaranteeing safe passage. They maybe gathered a few of their, uh, you know, their, their belongings, their pathetic last little bits and pieces. They're on the ladder that I'd sort of just been a different ladder, I'm sure, uh, that's nevertheless in the same precarious position uh, they feel the, the 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 sound of gunfire from the city they can see the other u.s helicopters uh, going off into the distance to, to to land on the warships that were out in the bay um, they can hear uh, the, the the noise of the north vietnamese the army spreading its tentacles surrounding the building what is their fate? Will they get on or not? And that was when history came alive for me. That was when my travel, history, and that special moment. Um, maybe you should never do this. Maybe you should never put your life in jeopardy and go up ladders in de derelict buildings late at night in places 10,000 kilometers away from home. But I did. And it made me alive. And I'm so happy I did. I'm proud of what I did. And I think those are the special moments uh, when travel brings you to places that are really unimaginable until they happen. Thank you for sharing uh, time with me. Uh, and if you can get to Saigon, if you can go and look at that building, maybe not go up the ladder, but it really will give you a sense of wonder.